Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Here's your host from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, we are the Get Savvy Club and we're on a mission to teach anyone in property how to get visible online. Why? So you can get deals, you can get direct bookings, you can find JV partners and investors, or if you're a realtor or estate agent, you can find new stock and ultimately you can make money. If you would like our help, just message us on info at getsavvyclub.co.uk or find us on social media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Property Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anita Baldwin is here with me today, and I'm Anna Geary. I don't know why I said it that way around. That was a bit <laughs> weird, wasn't it? Anyways, today we have with us an interesting guest. I've actually found this guy on uh, Instagram, actually. This is where I originally saw him because he's just interesting videos on Instagram about what he's up to in property. Normally, people that do like, they flip properties. So they basically gets them, does them up and sells them on. But obviously what he does is keeps them and rents them. But normally in property training and different places that we've been around, people are told like, yes, do refurbs, but don't do anything too crazy because otherwise you might take on too much and it's going to cost you an absolute fortune. I've never seen such bad houses as what this guy takes on and like just strips back and whatnot. So yeah, an interesting like sort of way of looking at it. And yeah, definitely, like he says in in this episode, he likes a challenge. So yeah, if you're thinking of quitting your job and starting out in property or you just want to hear about how a property investor goes on day to day, then this is the episode for you. So let's get into it. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe. I've uh, always been in financial services, so I just have passion for uh, IT and finance in general. And uh, my background, I've worked at uh, some of the uh, most prestigious, prestigious banks in the world. So I've worked for Santander. Um, I was there as a senior IT auditor. Huh? And then I moved on to Citibank as a vice president there, so as a uh, audit manager. So I was responsible for the uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, which was good for at that time because I get to travel, get to meet people, talk to different people and oversee the business and see how the Citibank uh, business was doing uh, all across uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, which was 11 countries uh, then. And after that, I uh, you know moved on to UBS. Um, but prior to moving to UBS, actually, I did something which was interesting, which actually uh, partly shaped what I'm doing now. So I went into anti-money laundry finance and operations at Citibank, which I did enjoy, um, you know, the role. Uh, I was heading that role for uh, a short while, uh, just over a year. And then I got called uh, by UBS to come and uh, the UK division of asset management, uh, which I really like again, which is similar to what I'm doing now, which is uh, asset management, which is property investment. And, uh, you know, I did that as well for, for a few bit, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I just thought it was time for me to do something different, you know, something that I've always had passion for, which was property investment. That was how I came out of the bank. And then I uh, I started, I went to property uh, full time. When I was working in the bank, I've always uh, built a portfolio on the side. So I always kind of bought properties. I've always enjoyed the whole feel of, you know, passive income, building wealth, building a portfolio on the side. So the, as soon as I saw the opportunity that it was time for me to go, um, I just went straight into it. And now I'm developing properties. I'm helping people build their portfolio. I'm helping people source properties. Uh, we have a team of developers in our developer properties, make it, you know, to a very, bring it to a very good standard. 
and then we help either rent out or help them to uh, sell it if they want to. So that's what we do now, just helping people uh, generate wealth. Yeah, and where are you based yourself? That's a very interesting question. <laughs> I've seen um, some of your deals. Your deals are like here, there and everywhere, aren't they, on the on the Instagram? So I was thinking, wonder where he's actually based? Where does he actually live? To be honest, uh, where do I live? That's a good question. Without sounding quite arrogant, I actually <laughs> uh, live in two places. Um, oh, okay. I actually live in London and also in Cheshire. So I've got uh, two kids, so they're, they're in school in Cheshire. But I decided to keep my house in London. I wanted to sell initially, but I was like, I'm going to just keep it just for business purposes. So I kind of jog between London and Cheshire most of the time. Um, you know, most times during the week, I'm in Cheshire and weekend, I try to go to London and back and forth like that. So um, I'm in both places. So um, don't be surprised if you come today, I'm in London. You come in tomorrow, I'm in Cheshire. I'm literally just juggling between those two places. Yeah. Do you drive between them? I do drive sometimes. And sometimes I just get a train. Sometimes the, some things are very, very quick. For example, if I have yeah. uh, investors from That's Hong a very Kong. specific question, isn't it? What mode of transport? I know, but you know, do you know what I mean? Because I, I myself don't like to drive into London. So I'm just thinking, do you every time you go back and forth, do you go on trains or do you, you, you just go for it and have like... Well, it depends on what I'm going to do. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to be there for more than two, three days, I just drive because it depends on, you know, because I have to see yeah. clients, I have to meet with people and look at projects we're doing in London to see how they're all going. Yeah. But sometimes I have investors that come from Hong Kong or they've come from mm. uh, Saudi Arabia, UAE, South Africa, and I have to meet them in London, maybe for a quick meeting, maybe three, four hours. So yeah. I'll just take the train down and come back again. So yeah, it just depends on uh, what, what the activity is. You obviously work with all different people doing different projects. What Have you got a main strategy that you do in property that you that you like to do? Yes, um, and that is the BRRR as they call it, which is the buy. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's buy, refurbish, refinance, and rent, uh, you know, or rent, refinance, whichever comes first. So that's the three hours there. So refurbish, rent, and refinance. Uh, I like that model particularly because it's actually helped me myself to build, uh, you know, my portfolio very quickly and also to generate that passive income that I've always wanted to, which, you know, it's just the way you buy your property, run down, you refurbish it, have so much value to it, and then you're able to put your money out you know, and from the deal, and then you rent it out. So, how many properties do you own right now? I will keep that uh, as a a secret. (laughs) Undercover. Sorry. What what I would like to ask is, um, like, is there any limit to how much of a I'm going to swear now shithole that you will you will go for? Because I saw an Instagram reel of yours, and I was like, oh my god, he's gonna like that is the kind of property most people. I think it was Manchester one. Most people would be like, no, I'm not even going to attempt because it literally was like a shell, like it was a shell. It was it was so bad. It was like to me, it looked like a real risk of one to t- to take on board because there could have been a million different things wrong with it. So have you got like a, a level, or are you like actually, you know, I love these ones because no one else will. You're absolutely right. Um, that question that property you're talking about actually that property in question Anna my surveyor told me not to go for that property <laughs> <laughs> he looked at it and he said to me uh there's too much there's too many issues with this property I don't think you should go for it but I just like to take on challenges you know <laughs> and when, that, that was a, that? that was a challenge when did you buy that one when so that we completed it just about six weeks ago seven weeks oh, ago. oh so you're still like in the throes of doing all the work yes and we just discovered another issue yesterday which I can't even mention now <laughs> <laughs> it's a very massive issue we discussed we discovered again yesterday but fortunately the guys on the ground we've solved it again so um, it's a lot of a uh, project uh sorry a lot of uh, issue to tackle on that particular property it's got damp it's got issues with the roof it's got mold it's got subsidence it's got literally everything, everything. So you're like saving its life really aren't you because it would have just that's like right. 
yeah, gone. Yeah, he would have been yeah. knocked down. I think. Mm. <laughs> Fucking over. Yeah, yeah. Up. yeah. <laughs> took it on board. Trying to, you can watch. You can watch the progress because what I like. I mean, how how long have you been um, using Instagram to kind of promote what you do? Twenty twenty one. Mid twenty twenty one. I actually really started putting my face out there uh, around December, actually uh, November, December last year. I was when I actually started because normally I just put pictures of that because you know yeah. just post pictures. But when I started going to it full time, there was this time when I left the bank and I was I wasn't sure, you know, what colleagues were gonna say. I wasn't oh, sure. What, we hear that all the time when we yeah, talk at property events. People say, I'm "Just worried about what people are gonna think," and about no one yeah. cared, did they? They were just exactly. interested. Yeah, exactly. And that's when I realized that you know what, nobody actually really cares about you that much no one thinks <laughs> yeah. that much you know about you so just do your thing and then when i realized you know what i can't i can't keep thinking about what people are going to say or think yeah. about it because what people are going to think what are they going to think anyway yeah. so that was not like you know i'm just going to put my face out there because i was i don't know if i should be shy because i was in between do i really want to do this or do i really actually want to go back to the job to my bank oh, job? Right. So i was in between so i wasn't sure so i was like then i spoke to my dad about it and my dad said to me you know what once you've come out you don't look back you know yeah. it's like yeah, it's like a, a sea, or, sea or like an ocean, basically. Once you jump in it, you just keep swimming. You don't stop. Once you stop, you sink. That's what he said to me. Mm. So, like, you don't Good look advice. back. Just keep going. And that was when I thought, you know what? Mm, actually, we'll do this. And then I just put my face out there and, like, you know what? Forget it. Lots of people have an Instagram account and they just literally put their before and their after and they because we help people within property use social media to get their face out there to get known so that they can attract investors and just scale and do what they want to do in property. They've learned all the strategies, they know what to do, that but they're kind of a bit bit stuck and they've said, oh, I've got an Instagram, I've got an Instagram. We look and exactly what you've just said there, they might just put like what the house looked like before, or maybe a picture of them getting the keys, and they kind of miss the fact that actually you've got to use use social media to get people to know like and trust you like we we wouldn't be on this podcast now if i keep seeing you oh god what's he up to now you know like, interested right. in um what what you're up to and what you're about and what what different things you are i was like oh he's crazy taking on that the latest one that that one that i saw that you were doing so yeah. it, it is so so important but yeah just the same how are you going to be different and the only way we can be different is by being ourselves and putting ourselves on there so people can really get to know us so what how do how do you structure that like how do you decide what you're going to do on that or do you just literally think right okay i've got this new project so i'm going because what i like is you kind of take us on a journey each yeah. property that you have so like now i'm waiting to see what you're going to do with this this one that you've recently got um yeah. is is that your was that always your intention or yeah so what, what i normally do is when i go view property like that or when uh because what I do sometimes is I get the builders to go have a look at it, my development team. I just ring them up and say, let's check out this property. So they come back and say, oh, we've seen this property, it has these issues, we might have to look at it a, bit, you know, a little bit more. Because I've done this over the years, I kind of have the experience. Now, even though I don't really get my hands dirty, I don't, I, I can't even mix this cement and sand. Well, you your, clothes, your clothes are too nice to get mucky. Oh, you always like dress well, so you're like, I'm not going to get... But, you, but do you, to be fair, you do show people around and say, this is bad, this is broken, this... You know, so it kind of really shows the real, actually, yeah. really, what it's like to, to do property. It's not just That's a case right. of view it, view it, send a builder in, and then it looks great. Actually, there's going to be things that are going to come up all the way through. Exactly, because some of the builders as well, um, you know, they're, they're very good at what they do and they have the experience. But sometimes they actually don't have that thought process of a business mind, you know, or the, or the vision, exactly, you know, because they're builders, they're doers. Do you know yes. what I mean? And yeah, quite right, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it takes someone who's a business, who's business-oriented to actually see 
something because you can see a property now and see the prospect. You're thinking about the figures. A builder is not thinking about the figures. He's thinking about doing it to look nice. Going home at five. <laughs> yeah. so you said that um, going down the pub. You said that right. you invested in property a bit while you were in banking. Um, yeah. What made you do that then? Because that is a sound investment, but a lot of not when you're in a corporate environment, you kind of you kind of like blinkered, aren't you? So what made you think? Oh, actually, I'm just going to buy some property. Yeah. So um, what we would do that was, you know, I, I met a, a, a gentleman when I was at Santander, and he told me at the time, he said, "You're doing very well." Have you talked about investment in properties? I was like. Not really, um, but I have my own property. It was like you're looking to buy to less and things like that. So I started looking to buy to less, and then I realized that actually property prices were doing that, you know, especially around that time, level two and 12. We had the financial crisis in 2008 where everything seemed to just go on standstill, and then from there it started going back up. Directors in the bank earning roughly, I would say, 8,000 pounds take home, 9,000 pounds a month, right? And I started thinking at the time, okay, you earn this money, 4,000 pounds is probably gone on your bills. Your mortgage, electricity, gas bill. If you happen to be in a golf club, good luck to you. Tennis club, you know, polo club, what have you, you know, and all those extracurricular activities, they take a lot of money out. And then you might even have £4,000 saved at the end of the month. And then you realize that, okay, even if you save for a year, you save £3,000 times 12. That's £36,000 after 12 months. And you're earning good salary, right? Mm. Thirty six grand. And then I realized that you buy a property and then you spend £25,000 to refurbish it. And then you're selling it like six months later and you're making 70, 80 grand, you know? I, then I realized, hold on a second, something is not right here. <laughs> so I spent this much time sitting at the desk, you know, um, literally eight o'clock to like 8 p.m. And a year, you can actually save 36 grand, whereas you just flipped one property and you made double that what you've saved in one year. Some will even sit on that property and maybe after two years, they remortgage that property. And when they remortgage, they realize that they've had so much equity now, especially in London, you get like 150,000 pound equity. Like it happened to me in 2012 and I couldn't believe it. I bought back in 2012 to remortgage in 2014 and it had gone up by 200,000 pounds in two years. Wow. And I said wow. to myself, and I was like, how can, how can I justify that? You know, working. How can you not do it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? How can I not do it? And mm. since then, I've just been going into properties and just buying, uh, remortgaging, pulling out cash, just going and going and going. And at some point, I was saying goals for myself. And when I started seeing the result compared to what salary was giving me, it was a no-brainer. I had to like, you know what, I would just focus on this property, you know, full-time. And that was where the switch came in when I realized that, that aha moment that, oh, okay, I can actually do this and multiply my income as opposed to staying and waiting for after 12 months to get a pay review and a 5% pay rise. I can actually take control of what I earn on a property. So that was this. So that was good advice from your friend, wasn't it? Changed your life. That's right. Isn't it funny how you meet one person and they say one thing to you and it literally changes your life. So what? So now you're in property full time. What's? I know there probably isn't an average day, but what do you do all day? Because I think lots of people go, I'm in property full time. And if you're not in it, you think, what does that even mean? And it's a very good question you asked, Anita. And this is what I try to tell people. Just like Anna said at the beginning, you look at Instagram, it looks very nice when you wear nice clothes and you wear maybe a hat and you, you know, you're talking this, this, that, and you transform properties. It looks like, oh, wow, this is great. Yeah, you do people before say, and after, but no one knows about the heartache in <laughs> <yeah>. between. <laughs> exactly. And so I said to people, look, if you, I told someone that, come, come with me, uh, let's do one day together, just what I do. After the day with me, he said to me, I'm not sure I can do this. Yeah. You know, and what happened, I'll give an example, a typical day, right? So a typical day, I'm managing four or five projects at the same time. One in like Beckinhead in Wigan, uh, in Manchester, 
one in like uh, Crew, maybe another one in like somewhere in Cheshire, right? Maybe four or two in Cheshire. And there are days where I have to be on all of these properties. I have to be there every day sometimes. Uh, it might be in Liverpool. I'll just drive around. I have to meet, maybe I have to meet the building inspector or, or you know, building controls. I have to meet the builders. Maybe I have to speak with someone in logistics or, you know, compliance, whatever it is. I'm, I'm there and I'm seeing what's happening. Sometimes just regular updates. Sometimes I have to shoot video just to see updates and talk about what we've done, what our challenges are, or how much we've just revalued this property for and how much we're going to get, you know, kind of sold for or rented for, that kind of thing. Hmm. So that's my typical day. I'm going from side to side. And in between those times, I have to park sometimes the vehicle, the car, look for a Starbucks or a coffee shop, attend a few meetings with investors overseas and at home, right? Talk about different property strategies. And then in between, I have to speak to my solicitors, you know, the, the brokers, the surveyors in between all those meetings sometimes. And then I have to take care of myself, have some food. <laughs> you know, honestly. So a typical day sometimes doesn't even end until maybe 8 p.m. Because there are some days I also have, I mentor people. So I have a mentorship program, which is a membership.domiventuresLT.com. So that's where I, I kind of provide mentorship to people. Sometimes I have people on the mentorship program that will book time and meetings for some of those days as well that I still need to talk to. And sometimes I organize Q&A sessions and training sessions as well on the same day so it's not stop and that's why when people say they want to do properties i always say to them look shadow somebody first work with someone who's done it see what it entails because yeah. it's not just you just come show up oh this is what it looks like before and then you come after and say this is what it looks like now it's not always like that it's a lot of things that you have to deal with um and i always say you're a property developer and you want to go into this business it's not just you knowing about maybe when the, how a plastering should look how plastering should look or how you know electrics should the spotlight should be fixed you need to know everything because you're the one managing the plumber, you're managing the electrician, you're managing the plasterer, the painter, everything, the joiners, the kitchen, everything needs to be spot on. So you have to have, have an idea of everything, especially when you have a team of developers. Otherwise, you won't know what good looks like. So a bit of information and a bit of knowledge is important before you can actually you know, excel in this kind of industry. Yeah, so that's, that's my good. day, basically. Sorry for the windy explanation, but my day no, it's design. good. And actually, you know, if you like variety and don't mind being busy, it's the perfect job, isn't it? It is, yeah. I bet no Absolutely. two days are the same. No, never, never, never the same, never. And never like Anna and I, you probably know really well all the motorways and A-roads of the UK because <laughs> we're getting really good at that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, that, that's true, actually, because a few people in my programme actually say to me that the good thing also about this, when they see, you know, how we go from places to place is that, you know, you get to know different parts of the country and understand different markets. Like, I know Manchester market, Liverpool market, Birkenhead, you know, all those areas, Wirral, uh, Cheshire, you know, you can name a place and I'll be like, oh, I know where it is, you know, yeah. just yeah. because you've been there. Or same as London as well. A lot of us are around London, Essex, Kent. Because you travel around, view properties, you just get the hang of the areas very well. And the UK is a beautiful place, so it's nice to travel around it, isn't it? Can be. <laughs> not when you're in not when Except you're in, Anna and I travel when you're on the motor travel at night and so we come home quite late, not like only like ten o'clock or something, but they often are doing like night closures. <laughs> so we think we'll just go home and then everybody off the motorway and all around and it'll take much longer than we've it nearly had like lorries like all the clothes out as well and there's yeah. nobody doing anything, which is the worst. Yeah, there's yeah, no one actually doing any road work because it's just like cone, like some human beings. I think they just put the cones out and then collect them back in. Yeah, that's their that's job. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's their job. I, mean, I try to avoid the M25. That's the one I try to avoid the most. The M25 yeah. can be, oh my, when it's blocked, 
is blocked. What gets me is the roads are still shit. <laughs> so there's all these light closures, <laughs> cones, light versions, and then we're driving along and then we'll hit a hole and like, bang our heads on the ceiling. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, potholes are the worst at the minute, aren't they? Just literally everywhere you go, there's like massive potholes. It's just not bothering to fix them. Um, so what would you say to anybody? Because we have lots, we like lots of people that will go on property training are in a job right now and they're like, they're learning how to do it and everything. What advice would you give to them in terms of like leaving their job and, and starting full time? What would you say that they need to have in place really before they take that leap? I would say before uh, anyone leaves, and this is my opinion, uh, by the way, but I would say before anyone leaves, try to get as close as possible to your income level right now before you leave, just so you have that buffer. I wouldn't yeah. advise anyone just jumping um, without necessarily having a plan or, you know, uh, I think the best thing to do with property is just on the side, just be building it, building it somewhere to when either your uh, your passive incomes kind of balances with your income at work or maybe nearly there, you know, or above, it depends. But yeah. try to come as close as possible. At least you know that even if you leave your job, your expenses are going to be covered. You know, your mm-hmm. mortgage, your interest, all those things, you know, your bills are going to be covered. Just not put yourself under unnecessary duress. Or, or pressure, you know, when you eventually come out. Because this is where a lot of people fail. They come out without no plan, without no strategy, without even any buffer, which is like enough savings in the bank account or some income coming in every month. And then the pressure starts to build and then they desperate and then it becomes more, you know, chaotic. So my advice is just try right now, not without your job. You may not like it. And I understand a lot of people don't like their jobs. You may not like it. And I know, and it can be painful, but just knuckle harder, you know, just keep going, keep grinding. Try building passive income or any sort of income or buffer that you can then use as a cushion for six months to 12 months. Once you get that, then coming out of your job is not going to be difficult at all. You will easily be able to come out and smash it because sometimes not even having that buffer or that cushion in itself is a pressure and yeah. it can even prevent you from actually seeing clearly ahead. But Make bad choices, that, don't you? If you Exactly. You know, yeah. and then you start going to where you don't need to go to. So that would be my advice to anyone that wants to go into property right now. Did so you do any kind of formal property training or just learn as you went along? I made too many mistakes. That's how I learned. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good way to that. And I always think property training is great, um, but you still will make mistakes and almost need to, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I didn't do any formal training. I wish mm. I, I did. I don't know, but 2012, 2013, when I was starting to invest in properties, I, I didn't know of many trainings like that. Uh, there were no. probably a few trainings, to be honest, but I just didn't know many. Uh, yeah. So I didn't go on any training course. I was just making mistakes. I was getting, you know, bullied by the builders. You know, they just call a price for me, 1,005. <laughs> I, I didn't know any better, you know, just to paint one wall, you know, or to plaster one room, they just tell me at the time, 1,002. What do I know? I'm coming from the bank. I don't imagine the worst thing. And up, I think they can tell by looking at you whether you'll know or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, here's, a, here's a mug. Just charge him double. Probably because he had a nice suit on as well. And I was imagine turning up. The worst thing is turning up to the builders, putting on suit and tie, and talking to the builder. He probably yeah. knows. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. when I walk into like a car garage to get my car fixed, and I just think they look at me and go, "Double it." <laughs> he doesn't know exactly so yeah, yeah so I made, I made a lot of mistakes um i took on a project at some point and i was like wow what have i gotten myself into uh, luckily i was able to break even but those experiences you know year after year after year um they started to pay off because i was doing two three progr- uh, projects a year uh, some years i did four projects 
And I learned a lot, you know, yeah. from those mistakes than my successes, you know. Like, and built a team that you can trust and rely on. Exactly. And yeah. build a team, exactly. Because I had a lot of builders along the way. Those mm. builders disappointed. Some of them, you know, they did a good job. And I try to keep them uh, whenever I can. Because we laugh, but, you know, you do get ripped off, but, you know, it'll only happen to you once and you won't use them again. So really, they're shooting themselves in the foot, aren't they? They might make a few extra quid, but they won't get any repeat business. Mm. That's right. Now the builders you've got, they know that you're always going to be around those areas and you're going to have uh, business on an ongoing basis. So you've probably gone from, like, the bottom of, like, their interest, you know, the pecking order to, like, you know, higher, like, nearer to the top of the pecking order for yes. them, really. Yes. So, um, so what does your mentoring and training consist of, then, if someone was interested? in um, working with you? How do you work with people? We have a membership uh, platform, which is just for members, um, which is like $69.99 a month. And that gives access to, you know, like exclusive content, like things I do regularly. When I go see some properties, I give tips uh, on, you know, refurbishment and, you know, sourcing properties, deals and things like that. So they're very, they're privy to everything that is happening at the background. Um, also, when we get some deals, they see, get to see what the deal look like and stuff like that. Um, and then we have the full mentorship program. These are people that uh, want, you know, to learn everything beginning to the yeah. end, how to source, how to build a team, develop, you know, develop, uh, set up their own company, how to do their own BRR project and be successful, or even source properties for other people, you know, package deals on and sell on to other people. This is yeah. like being mentored, shown how it is done, basically all their hands through. So I will attend viewings with some people. I will attend negotiation calls. So I will negotiate either with the seller or with the agent, estate agent, introduce them to the team, you know, they see how things are working, bring them on site as well to see things on site because this is not to say anything bad about those that do online training. It's good. It's perfect. You can learn online if it's for you. But I don't think property as it is, as, a, as, a, as an investment vehicle, property investment, I don't think you can learn everything just online, just by doing online training. I think yeah. you need to be on site. I need to see, I think you need to see mold, you need to see damp, what it looks like, see the difference. We see some structural issues, see problems of properties, see movements and things like for you to learn how those issues are being resolved. You know, you need to enter a room and be able to tell, okay, this is how much it's going to cost to refurbish this property. Because I do believe that once you've seen something, you can't unsee it. Because now yeah. you've seen how it works, you've seen how it's been done, you've learned from it. That's, that knowledge stays with you forever, sticks with you. You can't see those mold online. You can't see those damp, those movements online. You can't let, you have to see in person. And that's why I try to bring the mentees onto the site for them to see what a proper construction site looks like. We strip all our walls back to the brick. I don't know if you've seen on Instagram. All the parties we take on, we take them back to the bricks and we start again and bring it back to like a perfect wall. And this way, the mentees can know how much it costs to refurbish a kitchen or a bathroom. And nobody can just come to you and say, give me 2005 or 2000 pounds for this when you know this should have been maybe 750, for example. So that's yeah. the you're trying to implant in people. Great. Well, really useful. Um, two questions we always ask all of our podcast guests. And the first one is, what makes you savvy? Because we're the Get Savvy Club. I said it before, Anita. What makes me savvy is my mistakes. My mistakes. <laughs> Great <laughs> answer. I thought you were going to say your finance background as well, maybe. Well, but yeah. <laughs> and no, but, no. Not just, but learning from them. Lots of people just don't learn today. They just play the same. That's exactly like what I'm saying. My, my yeah. mistakes make me savvy because... They, they taught me lessons that I couldn't learn in the bank, you know, while in front of a computer, talking to the compliance, talking to the regulators, talking to the, you know, a CTO or CIO, right? I won't learn these things I know now, talking to those people. They're great, amazing people, wonderful people in their own field and their own right. 
but that's not property. What mm-hmm. property? What made me serving property are those mistakes I made. Some of them were very costly, but thankfully, not a lot of them. And it, but I learned from them, and I can't make such mistakes again. At this point, I just can't make them again. So that has made me savvy. And the other question is to recommend a book to our listeners, so something that's helped you along the way. An unusual one for me, uh, I would say, is a book by uh, a guy called Curtis Jackson. You might know him. It's called uh, Also Harder, Also Smarter. You probably know him, but because I said Curtis Jackson, you probably know who he is. Uh, he's actually a guy by the rap community, rap culture. They call him 50 Cent. Oh, that's his proper name, is it? Curtis Jackson. Never knew that. That's his real name, yes. It's what really, because it's different. I read so many books, business books, development mm. books, and they all, most of the time, sound the same. You know, yeah. it's like, do this system, process, follow this, follow that. Sometimes check chapter two of this book, put in chapter three of this book, and you actually think you're reading the same book because they all say the same thing. But it's good, it's refreshing to get from someone who is not from that background. Yeah. Who is not a CEO, ex-CEO, ex-CTO, or someone like that. You know what I mean? Who is literally coming from the grassroots, from the bottom, you know? Nothing else. And he's made his way to the top. And he's talked about different things he's done and how he's become a business mogul today. And mm-hmm. successful at that. It's just refreshing. It's just a normal, it's not the normal book you read. It's just different. And that's why yes. I like it. And it's helped me along the way. Cool. Fabulous. So how can people find out more about you? They can find more about me on, on LinkedIn at Akiola Dominic or the, on Instagram, uh, Domi Ventures uh, Limited. Um, they can see everything we do on there. Even we have a, a page as well on LinkedIn, Domi Ventures uh, Limited page on LinkedIn. Um, these are the places where you can find more about me. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe. Awesome. Interesting guy and um, some good advice in there. And what I liked is that we do a lot of talks at um, property networking groups and um, we work with a few different property training companies. And property training is fantastic. It's phenomenal. You learn a lot from other people's experiences, but still you just got to get out there and do it and you will make mistakes along the way. But a lot of people kind of are a bit like, I can't afford the property training. I don't know what to do. I'm not ready. And they're kind of going along to events, soaking it all in, but not actually taking action because they haven't done the training and what have you. And so I think what I really liked is that he's done no property training. He's made loads of mistakes, but in the end, he's making it work um, and making it happen. And like you say, he doesn't take on, um, you know, faint-hearted projects but really goes for it and I was quite surprised as well because our we would always recommend somebody to pick an area and like really focus on that so you become known as that go-to person in that area Um, but he sounds to have done the complete opposite and has you know properties and renovations going on all around the country Mm. um, and it's made that work for him so yeah really really good stuff he recommended 50 cents book which is Curtis Jackson which is hustle harder hustle smarter so if you want to win that just screenshot this and tag us into it. Tag him as well. He's uh, he's, uh, on uh, Instagram. Tag him as well. And then you might be in with a shout of actually winning winning that book too. Interesting stuff. So, um, yeah. So, whatever you're doing, enjoy the rest of your day. And we will see you on the next episode. See you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That was Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.